So I'm listening to your story and I said, oh, you mean you were raped? When I explained to you the definition of rape and, and, and it was able to explain to you that, that what happened to you was rape, and would you like to be able to forgive that specific thing? Because it was obviously something you didn't talk about in the beginning. What was that like? That had the biggest impact. It had almost been a safety net because I literally spent 30 years going, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. It could have been raped. Um, and I guarantee you not a week or a month went by that I had said that, at least in my head, for 30 years. You're listening to Bold and Free, a podcast dedicated to helping people break free from their past and into a better future through a relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is John Farr, and I'm a pastor from Colorado Springs and president of Bold and Free Ministries. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome, everybody, to the Bold and Free podcast. And I want to thank our guests, Sean and Lisa, for joining us today. So thankful to have you guys here today and really excited to share your story. And I know there's a lot of people that um, are going to be inspired by it. So, um, so Lisa and Sean, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks thank for you for having us. us. You know, this journey has started um, last November, November of 2020, the year of COVID. Probably not the year that either one of you guys expected. When I first got a chance to meet you guys, uh, it was not under the best of circumstances. You know, Sean, from your perspective, where were you and Lisa at when you and I met for the first time? We are going through a really rough time in our marriage, kind of in a period where we weren't sure if we were going to stay together or not. It had been a really difficult time, and we had had a discussion and pretty much said either it was over or we were gonna try counseling or therapy one more time. Didn't have a lot of hope <laughs> during that period of time. Um, Wanting something, but not really sure if, if anything was really gonna work this time after so many other failed attempts, I guess. I didn't see a lot of hope going forward. It was, it was just kind of a, a very dark time for me. Yeah, so I, I think what's gonna be inspiring for your story, because I know there's gonna be a lot of other people who are going through something similar in their life right now where they They've just experienced so much failure. They can't imagine that success is waiting for them, that that freedom is waiting for them, that um, a better relationship, um, trust, safety, you know, those kinds of things that are so so critical to a relationship. They just, it just seems like it's, you know, on the other side of the solar system. We talked about this at some point in time from, from different perspectives, but, you know, Lisa, did you have this, impression or this idea that yeah i know those stories are out there for other people but it's just not for me oh i'm very good at seeing and believing things for for other people um no i was not confident that anything would work for us so i had a similar mindset as lisa just wasn't sure so what was the was it a little scary at the thought of inviting lisa to that first workshop yeah, because again, she didn't know who you were, and <laughs> it kind of sprung it on her. I, I was just desperate to, um, you know, begin some process, whether it was going to be good or bad. I just wanted to, we, I knew we needed help, and just uh, her not really knowing a lot about it, other than you had a workshop, a marriage workshop that we needed to go through, and, and so that's kind of how I presented it to Lisa. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so Lisa... For you, what was it like when he pitched you the idea for the first time? So uh, we'd had a major blow up um, and had agreed 
to try counseling again. Um, So I think when it came up, that's what my head thought we were doing. And and he's cracked, I I believe, the appointment on my phone, some marriage workshop. Um, We had a, a lot going on with our daughter at the time. And so it was just one last thing I had to do was to not have to research finding someone for us to go to. Um, As Sean mentioned, our last one did not go so well. (laughs) Um, So I went into it just glad I didn't have to figure out who we were going to go see. Well, I think I sent you guys the workbook to print out the first time. Is that right? You did. And our printer died. (laughs) So we couldn't even print it. So you actually printed it. And oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Nothing but, was working. But you guys had the printed copy for yes. when we started. Yeah. And yes. I was doing over Zoom. Right. Um, and but we didn't have it in advance because I think you brought it over just like an hour. So I hadn't actually right. looked at anything prior. Okay. Would you have peeked if you, if you could Absolutely. have? Absolutely. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, um, so... How far, how long did it take you to figure out this was not what you thought it was? Uh, maybe 30 seconds. Um, I'm pretty sure I was crying within the first five minutes just because mm. I knew. I don't know why because it wasn't in the context of me thinking marriage workshop. Um, but I knew forgiveness was going to come up and that you were going to make me deal with something in my past. So I was... Mm. I, pretty sure I bawled through the entire first session because I just knew it was coming. Mm. Just a feeling. Yeah. Um, Sean, what about you? When we started this, and I started going through the goals of the workshop and started talking about what we were going to talk about, what what was going through your mind? Just that I'd have to be really um, transparent and open to talking about things that I might not want to talk about, you know, things in the past. You know, the, the very first day of the workshop, you could tell it was all about forgiveness or I could, I felt that, um, just being able to forgive others as Christ forgave us. So first day of the workshop, it was over Zoom and we're talking about the cycle of fear and pain. What do you think you guys took away from that first night? What do you remember? What do you remember that really sticks out? We get into the same ruts um, and we deal with the, with, with, with pain that um, the same way a lot of times we don't take the time to, to consider what the other person is is going through or what or what they've said or a lot of times I start tuning things out <laughs> so I mean we get into these cycles of, of things repeating and it just seems like it's happening over and over when we talked about how how the past pain um, kind of amplifies current situations where you could you think about how the things that you've been holding on to were just compounding what you guys are going through on a regular basis. Does that resonate with you? Yes. Uh, yeah. For me, definitely. Even not even outside of my outside of my relationship with Lisa, just other relationships I've dealt with the same way. Um, it seems like that and I've also brought those those hurts and fears and, into the relationship. And I, I've looked back and I've dealt the same way, no matter who they who they were, um, with and then when I had similar situations with Lisa, I dealt with them the same way and thought of them the same way. I think I was surprised that it was a cycle. I, I, I don't think I saw things as event I, events. So I think more of a, a continuum timeline. Mm. So I think standing back and looking that 
even though something was in the past, that those behaviors were coming back around in a repetitive fashion was a different way for me to look at, again, being a visual, um, that was a different way for me to, to look at things. And I thought that was surprising. Mm. Um, I also was surprised at how many things outside of us. So whether it was other relationships, um, just different things from the past, I was surprised at where those were coming in and having an impact today. And that, that was surprising to me. Um, mm-hmm. Just processing what we were doing um, over and over again. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of information that, that first night, when we started talking about the fear of the unknown or the fear of being hurt by other people, was that something you think you were already aware of or was that something new for you to think about? Uh, I, for me, it was definitely new. Uh, to think about, especially with working with you over the past few months, I've, I've learned that I'm more of a people pleaser and I can I can be fearful of other people's reactions. So I don't say things that I, I need to say or, you know, I don't I tend to not take action and I'm more quiet, I guess. Um, and it's in a lot of ways, it's just because I'm fearful of the other person's reaction. So I don't, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings or I don't want to say something wrong <laughs> and or make the earth have fear that I'm going to make things worse in the conversation. Um, so that, that's definitely something new to think about for me. How impactful was that? Just really being able to face that fear for the first time and really identify it. It's very impactful. It, it I think about it consciously now um, when I'm in situations and how I'm um, reacting, not only to Lisa, to my daughter and mm-hmm. to other people and try to understand how I'm reacting. If, if I'm getting upset about something, I, I, I start questioning myself, you know, why am I feeling that way? Um, so that's, that's new for me. I don't think I would have acknowledged having much fear. I've always felt like if there was, it, it's that whole task thing. And if there was a task, I had to do it. And I knew from looking back at work relationships and family relationships, there were definitely times where I would run all scenarios in my head of all possible outcomes and that would definitely impact how I went into them, but I never would have categorized it as having fear of people's reactions. Um, So that was humbling and eye-opening to see how I was kind of living in a cycle of monitoring what I was saying and what I wasn't saying. Again, based on on those reactions that I was predicting or expecting. Your, your fear was a little bit different in the sense that, because um, when I talked about having the fear of being abandoned, when I said those words for the first time, <laughs> what what went through your mind? That you were crazy. <laughs> um, I it's not it's not something I would have ever said, and I kept telling mm-hmm. you I think that that's not what the voices in my head say. Like, those aren't the thoughts that I'm thinking. You're not going to hurt me again. Yeah. Isn't that amazing how we, we get to face these fears and sometimes look at them for the first time. I, I, I get amazed every time. So, so day two, I'm coming over to the house this time. We're sitting down at the table, kind of like this. And um, I started talking about the difference between fake forgiveness and authentic forgiveness. You know, as we started going through, you know, the measurement of your heart, the kindness and compassion and not having any emotional pain and 
and started looking, really looking at what the Bible had to say about forgiveness. And, and then as we started getting closer and closer to that point in the, in the workshop where it's like, um, okay, this is no longer knowledge transfer. This is now, we're going to put some words and, and thoughts into action. Um, you, to go home. you wanted me to go home? Yeah. <laughs> you were, uh, I, I was all of a sudden not your favorite person. <laughs> no, I just, I was ready for you to go home. Yeah. Like, thank you. Thank you for this information. And uh, Sean, what was your, as we were going through it, what was going through your mind as you were, I wasn't sharing any new scripture with you. You'd heard these verses before. No, it just, what you were sharing and what we're Going through, it just makes you think, are you really forgiving somebody? Are you really forgiving them with your heart? Or are you just saying that to appease them or to get get away from that situation? I think that was a day where it really made you think about your level of forgiveness and, and why why you should forgive someone the way, um, with, with your whole heart. I mean, and, and just going through um, different scriptures and, and hearing how Jesus forgave us. He wants us to forgive as he forgave. I had heard all the scriptures before that you had presented, but just thinking about it in a different way and how it applies to my life and our marriage is something that um, I started taking more to heart. Is there a difference between hearing it and even memorizing it and then actually applying it? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. What that, that first time I had an opportunity to ask you if you'd like to try this out for yourself. What thoughts were going through your mind? I kind of felt like, in a way, I was, I was being called out. Am I, am, <laughs> am I really um, forgiving people? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? As a Christian, I, I want to be forgiving people with my whole heart. Was there a realization that day that, that there were some things that you thought you had forgiven, but then realizing that you hadn't? A lot of relationships, I felt like you know, I, I forgive that person for how they hurt me in the past, but but then just thinking about it, did I ever communicate with that person and, and say, hey, I, I know we had troubles in the past, but I, I forgive you for that. It just made me think more about how my level of forgiveness for people in the past. Was that past pain impacting current relationships? Yes, yeah, yeah, yes it was. Uh, just talking about everything we have over the past few months, just and the people and all the way from childhood, I mean, it's amazing how you can recall things that have hurt you in the past and then how that affects you in the present. What was it like, that first prayer of authentic forgiveness, letting that pain go? For me, it was freeing. It felt like a load was taken off my, my back, you know, just praying to God and telling him, I, I forgive this person for this perceived hurt in, in my life. Um, to somebody else, it might not have been a big deal, but for me, whatever um, I prayed for that day it was something that I carried with me my whole life. When you prayed and you, you really let that, that stuff go, you still think about it today. Is the pain really gone? I think it's gone. I, I don't dwell on it like some of the things I used to. Yeah. Um, so I, that's why I was saying it was, it was freeing and, and it felt like a weight lifted off my back. Lisa, you saw that this, this conversation coming, you were miles ahead. Was it hard to even hear some of the things I was saying just because you knew where it was going? Hundred percent. Yeah. It was like, a, like that first part was like a blur. It, it was, and I think like Sean said, I mean, it, there was no scripture that you referenced that I hadn't heard before, mm -hmm. but in the order that we were hearing them and, and knowing it was 
trying to stop the cycle we were in and aiming at forgiveness, it's kind of like this aha moment of like, well, why didn't I put this together before? Mm. Um, Cause it seemed logical. Like in is if shared, I mean, obviously we've been in counseling before I've been in counseling many times. Why hasn't someone ever shared this before? So mm. I had that going on in my head. And then I think the video from the passion was very impactful. So now, you know, on one hand, I'm, not liking where you're going and, and definitely having thoughts of, I just don't want to do this. I, I don't know you. I haven't shared these things with my husband. Um, mm. Just didn't want to go there. And then on the other hand, just the whole, the Christ forgave everybody and he died on the cross and the visual. And so you're mm. feeling convicted and um, it is, you know, my, my heart rate was off the charts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um it was not fun. You got to that point. You knew the difference between what what fake forgiveness was, what real authentic forgiveness was. You 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 knew the measurement in your own, own heart as you were thinking about does the, is this pain still there? Do I have kindness? Do I have compassion for the person that hurt me? And then and so when we got to that point and it was time to pray, did you have some folks that you realized you needed to forgive? Oh, absolutely. And and it's it's a combination, kind of like Sean said, where there were people that I thought I really had forgiven. Like I, I really thought um, that I had and I wasn't dealing with. Um, there were others that it's like, okay, I never got here. I need to do this properly. And then for me, um, what I thought was really one of the biggest stumbling blocks that I knew I hadn't forgiven. So it wasn't a question of fake or real. I just knew I hadn't done it. Um, Cause as much as I had spent years praying to forgive, um, I knew I just hadn't gotten there yet. So mm-hmm. again, I, I think that's why for my brain, it was so perplexing of, but I've been trying, why is this different? Like I, I've mm. concentrated, I've written letters, like I, I wanted to forgive and I haven't gotten there. And um, so it, my brain was racing. Up to that point in time, had you gotten really good at learning how to cope with pain? I think what I thought was coping and reality were probably two different things. Mm. Um, but I, I thought I had tried. I mean, between suffering from depression for almost 30 years and antidepressants, knowing that this was something that was still haunting me, um, seeking counseling multiple times, always suspicious that it was one particular event was causing lingering issues. I didn't realize how big or how impactful um, they still were. Hmm. Um, but I, I knew straight out that I hadn't forgiven. I mean, I, I, I could have told anyone that I hadn't forgiven, but I really also thought it was the only thing that was really big that I needed to forgive. Hmm. Um, so that was also an eye opener. When I do this with people, I don't say, um, okay, now let me, let me look at your list and I'm gonna <laughs> tell you, okay, this is the person you have to forgive. I don't do that, right? I just say, can you give me one person, one memory that you'd like to forgive and be free from? Because I think I usually give people the option of like, hey, you don't have to pray. I mean, if you'd like to hold on to this pain for, for the next 15, 20 years, you, you're more than welcome to do that. And you do say that. Yeah. Uh, in the most loving of ways. Um, or you can be free. How crazy did I sound when I said that you could be free from that mem- the pain of that memory right now? Absolutely. Oh. I absolutely in my head said you were crazy. Yeah. That it just wasn't 
possible. That sure, you could run through the actions, but feeling different on the other side and truly being able to forgive. Like, I just, I didn't think it was possible. And and mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I don't know how, if there's a nice way to think that someone's crazy, but I just, it's one of those, I thought I could probably believe for everybody else, mm-hmm. um, but not for myself. Yeah. Day one, <laughs> uh, I've only, I've, this is only the second time I've really had a chance to spend time with you. And... Who is the who is the one you decided to forgive? My physical therapist. I, I could look you straight in the eye and say, nope, I haven't forgiven. <laughs> mm. um, so, I mean, I knew. I knew day one that, that that's what I was supposed to do, which was very weird because, again, I didn't know you. I didn't know the material, so I didn't know why. I already had this massive burden that I knew that this was going to be the person that I needed to forgive mm. on day two. The prayer that I challenged you to pray wasn't just about forgiving somebody. I challenged you to, to pray a couple other things. Mm-hmm. And when you heard those words come out and you, you saw the prayer on that paper mm-hmm. and you heard the challenge coming from me, what was that moment like? Excruciating. Like I, I literally felt like my heart was ripping because I didn't think I could do it. Hmm. Like, too much. I knew um, that I was going to be asked to share things that I had literally not said out loud to anyone. Mm-hmm. And um, I definitely never shared with my husband. And um, you wonder what someone you don't know is going to think mm-hmm. of you when you share something so vulnerable. Um, so sharing details was absolutely mortifying to me. Um, and then being able to do that and forgive someone for those things, but then to turn around and say, I want you to know Jesus on top of it, whether it's me sharing someday or someone else coming in and sharing so that you can call someone your brother or sister in Christ. It was excruciating. Because um, I was like, okay, I, I, maybe maybe I can get through this forgiveness, but I don't ever want to see this person again. Mm. <laughs> um, so to even think of potentially seeing someone forever um, was not appealing in the moment, but I felt incredibly convicted that it's what I needed to do. You know, thinking about being able to call somebody your brother and sister in Christ that's hurt you like that, um, it's certainly not rational. I mean, to anybody else, that would sound crazy. That kind of love doesn't make sense. So if you don't mind me asking uh, now, um, what did you have to forgive your physical therapist for? I was in a car accident in high school and ended up with a stress fracture and one of my lowest vertebrae and ended up in a year of intensive um, physical therapy um, for the last part of high school and the first part of college. Mm -hmm. And... um, I was 17. I was a freshman in college, all alone. Um, my parents lived in another country, and um, I was raped by my physical therapist. In hindsight, I can look back and tell you, obviously, that grooming had happened, and I had no awareness um, of it at the time. That event rocked my world unlike any other. I did report it. Um, to the police department. Um, It took 
six, seven years um, before there was actually a court case. Hmm. Um, and unfortunately, enough victims to, to prosecute. And uh, about 25 years after he was convicted, um, I got to deal with it again when he filed an appeal to no longer register as a sex offender. Um, hmm. So I've had three different opportunities <laughs> to forgive. And as I shared, I mean, even um, in writing with each victim impact statement that I did, I put in there that I had been praying all this time to find forgiveness in my heart, and I just couldn't get there. For people who have, like you who have been through any kind of sexual trauma, whether it's molestation, rape, whatever, the minute you are assaulted, the minute you're hurt, the minute you have to deal with that, uh, your prison sentence starts immediately. Mm -hmm. There's no trial, there's no jury, there's no appeal. Um, you go into prison in your mind. So the thought of this man being able to live the rest of his life free from the title of you know, a, a predator, sexual predator, knowing that he gets to basically shed this label mm -hmm. and to walk away while you stay in prison. So at the point in time that that happened, um, was 30 years, like almost to the day. Wow. That one rocked me because whether I see myself as a victim or not, what happened doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. and, and knowing that after that much time, I always have that label. I, I don't get to ever say I'm not a victim or right. it didn't happen. Right. Um, so knowing that he had that choice um, that rocked me. And again, after 30 years, I mean, I didn't even know Sean at the time. Uh, it shocked me um, on what an emotional setback that was for me. But the very first time you prayed, um, what was that feeling like? It was incredibly hard to do. I had hoped that you would immediately feel this weight lifted off you and um, be free from it. But I think I was also scared to let that happen. Mm. So I knew the minute that I prayed that everything was different. And that was strange for me. And I, I remember trying to, to figure that out. And, and what is that? And, and did I really forgive? And again, I mean, with me, it, it took a couple times because I just wasn't willing to give up all the details. or And I it wasn't intentionally mm. holding back. I just thought... I can do this much. Since that event, everything would make me cry. Um, mm. Movies, commercials, I mean, happy, sad, it didn't matter, um, but just a sensitivity to everything on TV, songs on the radio, just anything that had any type of sexual abuse connotation would just rock me. And I think that mm. was probably the thing that I noticed within even at night. I mean, so I, I felt better, but I was cautious because I was afraid to acknowledge, I think, Mm -hmm. what I was really feeling. But even that night, you know, a CSI commercial could come on and I didn't feel my heart stop. Mm. Um, and, and I think over the next couple of days, the next couple of weeks, really paying attention to, hey, I'm not crying every day. And, and you kind of don't notice it till, you know, it's been a couple of days. And, and before, mm. 100%, um, for years at a time, I don't think there was a day that I didn't cry. Um, and I wouldn't be able to look at you and go, it's because I was raped when I was 17 that I have these emotional issues and that's causing this. Hmm. Um, but to some extent it was, it had taken me to a really dark, sad place. And it was just very easy to be sad 
and feel that. So I think I was a little slower to acknowledge what I was seeing. Um, yeah, after 30 years of feeling a certain way, going, mm -mm, one prayer, I'm feeling different? Like, I can't be. I knew when you prayed that first prayer, I knew it was at about the 30,000 foot level, <laughs> which was okay, because it was a great but start. But you didn't call me on it that night, no. and I knew you knew. Yeah, no, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't I gonna. I think I had any tears left. Yeah, yeah, no, that was, that was as far as we could go that night. Um, and as we were, as we were walking our way through and you, you get, got more and more brave, put on more courage to share the details, you thought you were, you'd gotten through it all. I did. I, I really did. I mean, yeah. as much as I know, I, I didn't feel like I was giving all the details. I really did feel like I was being honest and giving every, like, I, I really mm. was trying. Yeah. Um, like that's, that's as far as I need to go. <laughs> I did what I need to do. I'm feel, I feel better. So I'm listening to your story and I said, oh, you mean you were raped? When I explained to you the definition of rape and, and, and it was able to explain to you that, that what happened to you was rape, and would you like to be able to forgive that specific thing? Because it was obviously something you didn't talk about in the beginning. What was that like? That had the biggest impact. It had almost been a safety net because I literally spent 30 years going, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. It could have been raped. Um, and I guarantee you not a week or month went by that I hadn't said that, at least in my head, for 30 years. So you coming in and being like, no, you were, um, was devastating. Um, and that was so hard for me to swallow. And I did. I literally spent a couple hours online researching every combination of terms. Um, I was a really hard one to swallow. Uh, and I think you think of the shame and what people will think and just kind of getting to the point that I didn't really care what anyone else thought. I can't mm. change what happened. I, I can't go back. Right. But that, without a doubt, was the most freeing, I think, of the three different iterations of, and it was different levels of forgiveness. It was different things. But that, without a doubt, was the biggest, I think, most impactful. Um, mm. And it's probably when the knot in my throat and the tears stopped when that subject came up, whether I was saying something or not. Because before, even if somebody brought hmm. something up and it made me think of it, I would never say anything, but I wouldn't be able to talk if there was, and the tears would come. Um, and that night, all of that changed immediately. Hmm. As you're talking about it right now, obviously the way you're describing it to me now is different than the first time you talked <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, is the emotional pain that you carried for 30 years, is that pain gone? Yeah. I, I can't change that it happened. He's still mm -hmm. guilty of doing it, but I don't have pain on that one. If he was to walk through the front door right now, would your heart be in a position where you could share the gospel with him, let him know what he did to you and how it hurt you, but but let him know that freedom is waiting for him, forgiveness is waiting Well, you're already here, so if he did that, I would definitely <laughs> <laughs> ask for your help. And if you weren't, you would probably be the first person I called on the phone asking for help, but that it's totally different. I mean, wanting that for him, 100%. Hmm. And what kind of freedom has that been for you? Huge. The amount of mental space that took up, the amount of sadness um, that even my own daughter could see and at the time she didn't know anything about it. Um, huge, it just space in my heart, space in my head is just completely different. Mm. And so now I'm, I'm talking to you about the cycle of reconciliation, this mirror of love concept, what it means to 
to be able to reflect the mirror of God's love to somebody else. As we start talking about that cycle of reconciliation, being able to confront somebody in love, not um, out of bitterness or resentment or anything else, and being able to show them a path to a place of reconciliation, did, did it seem like that's good information? Thank you for sharing with me. I have no idea how I'm gonna do that. I think when I react, it, it, and it, like you said, it depends on the situation, but if, if someone's being reacting um, to me in a negative way, then sometimes I just take it, you know, cause I feel like I need to. And sometimes I, I feel like I need to be nasty back. <laughs> so um, those are definitely some, some things that, some ways that I have interacted with Lisa in the past mm. and haven't turned out very well. How has reconciliation, reconciling past hurts between the two of you, how has that changed your relationship? It's it's been a it's been a good process. I mean, we first of all we acknowledged the past the past hurts, and I, I know that there were some times when I wasn't really aware that some of the things I've done have hurt her. It was good to go through those things and and really understand where where she was coming from and why they why they hurt her, and really know that when we say that we've forgiven each other, that we mean it. Just being able to talk through it and, and get out those feelings and, and then be forgiven. And it was, it was very freeing. I felt like a stone had been taken off my back. Do you have that same level of confidence of knowing the things you've worked through with Sean are gone? Absolutely. You know, does it change what you can think about? Um, I think it's like the situation with my therapist. I think to some extent it's freeing of the space in your head in in your heart um, and challenges you to look at other things. When I first told you what the goal of the reconciliation plan was, and there's not really a timetable on it, it's just here here are the steps we're gonna go through and and this is the end goal. I'm not gonna stop until till we're there. This is we're not gonna settle for anything less than this. Sean, do you think I was crazy? You've been with us for a while now and just taken one of Lisa's phrases, you're a glutton for punishment. We obviously are, are still working on things and we're just thankful for you wanting to stick things out with us. And I think a lot of people by now would say, okay, you're on your own, you know, go, you've, you've learned some things now go figure things out. And we just, I know I'm, I'm appreciative. I know Lisa is with knowing that there's still a path going forward and and being able to reconcile, you know, even further. So do you want to stay free or do you want to go back to where you were? <laughs> um, absolutely stay free. John, what about you? Are you interested in going backwards? No, not at all. No? <laughs> so where you were at in November, last November, to where you're at today, do you have hope? I do, yeah. And I know we're not there yet, but do you believe you're going to cross the finish line? Do you believe you're going to have a relationship with with your wife that's better than you ever could have imagined. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's night and day versus where we were in, in November. I have a lot of hope right now. I, I know we have work to do and and it takes practice. Whoever else who may be listening to this, um, as hard as it's been, what would your encouragement be to them? They're thinking, that's great for them, won't work for me. I don't know if I have the courage to go through that. I don't know if I wanna rock the boat, I don't know if I can emotionally handle this, what, what, what encouragement would you offer to them? And don't give up and yeah. um, have faith 
and you're going to have to deal with some things in the past that you don't necessarily want to talk about or deal with. And I think that might be the hardest part of it, just kind of going through and, and realizing that, you know, there's some people might have a problem just acknowledging that they have sin and that they have sin towards others and have wronged others and, and being able to, um, ask for forgive for forgiveness. Um, but I would just say, don't give up and, and trust in the Lord. He He will guide your path. Amen. So, uh, Sean, Lisa, I want to thank you so much for being here with me. And um, I'm so excited to see how God's going to use your story. I know there's more to come. And we got lots of lots of great things planned. Uh, where this, this journey isn't over. But I know your story is going to inspire a lot of people. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you were blessed and encouraged by listening to what God is doing for Sean and Lisa as they choose to trust and obey. I'm really looking forward to sharing part two of their story as they continue the journey to the abundant life God has called them to. So until next time, stay strong, stay bold, and stay free.